We're going to cause trouble. Scott Farrell is calling the shots from the sideline. We're going to make fun of people. We're going to hurt people's feelings. It's Farrell on the bench. I believe in whipped cream with everything. Bench in the biggest way possible, hanging out a bad seat, a broken date, a bad apple with a bad attitude, hanging around a bunch of bad attitude, bad tape, bad life, bad do, bad breath, bad attitude, bad vibes. We are live in the Magic City Studios in the Pharrella Palacio, right across the river and through the woods from where Granny loves her monster OG in New York City, the Big Apple. Ooh. People dressed in plastic bags, ready to travel in some kind of fashion, shake it up, you do, but all my friends that come around, fight the flatter party up, rats on the west side, bed bugs uptown, what a mess, this tides of data, my brain splattered all over, man, and you do be shag out, hey, what's kicking, I'm Pharrell, Mafia's running it tonight, and I was looking at this story, the NHL announced that there's no evidence at all that Evander Kane gambled on games, or negatively impacted his own team's games. So obviously, uh, the release did point out that additional unrelated allegations, however, involving potential wrongdoing by Mr. Kane, have been brought to our attention. These allegations are being thoroughly investigated. Uh, Reports say his ex, uh, his estranged wife, accused her husband of being, quote, a compulsive gambling addict who bet on his own games with bookies, end quote. In July, the NHL announced it was investigating the allegations, which it took very seriously. The Sharks released a statement saying the uh, Sharks had been in contact today with the NHL about the serious allegations made against Amanda Kane. We support a full and transparent investigation into the situation to maintain the integrity of the game and consistency with our team values. Of course, Kane denied all the allegations in August. And he just kept denying the allegations. He was on ESPN. He denied the accusations. He even acknowledged he had a gambling addiction that contributed to his need to file for Chapter 7 bankruptcy. Obviously, the accusations are incredibly false. It's unfortunate uh, what transpired, and it's unfortunate that those false allegations were made. I understood the magnitude of them immediately. I know they're not true. I know none of what she was saying was true. I was very confident, comfortable in knowing that I was being exonerated and I'm going to be exonerated of all those allegations. The Cosmo Hotel in Vegas sued Kane in 2019 and said he didn't pay 500 grand and extended to him via markers. And eventually the Cosmo dropped the case. Uh, reports are teammates don't want him on a team. Now uh, there's court documents revealing Kane was facing allegations of sexual assault and domestic violence from his ex. TMZ says she has filed for divorce. Wow. I mean, you talk about having a bad day. 
your boy Evander Kane has been accused of everything, but he did admit that he had a gambling addiction. And, you know, if somebody says they have a gambling addiction and admits it, and they file for Chapter 7 because they've basically mowed through all their money and they can't pay their bills. Are you seriously going to believe that the guy wasn't betting on games or that he wasn't betting on his own team's games? I mean, what is he, just play the tables? I mean, I, I'll tell you what. I have my reservations about whether or not I believe him because, I mean, fair enough, the NHL did a thorough investigation and they found no wrongdoing of him gambling on games. But you're telling me that that guy, I mean, he admits he has a gambling addiction, but you believe he didn't bet on sports? What, he just bet at the tables? That's it? I have a hard time believing that. I got to be honest with you. It's one thing to say somebody has a gambling addiction and they're betting with a bookie. And it's another thing entirely to file chapter seven and admit you lost all your money because you had a gambling addiction, right? So we welcome our radio affiliates, Sirius XM Mightier 1090 in San Diego, Sports Map, Sports Byline, Armed Forces Radio, Hoorah, Soldier, Hoorah. It's Pharrell on a bench on a midweek Wednesday. So, anyway, uh, now he's got real problems. She's accusing him of sexual assault and domestic violence. That he's like, you know, I mean, what do you need to know? That he's sexually assaulting her and he beats her, allegedly? I mean, this guy's got nothing but problems. And that sounds way worse to me than the allegations of betting on NHL games. It's Pharrell on a bench. We're no ordinary sports talk network. Not only do we have a roster of world-class experts, but they tell you gaming strategies to help you win. Any simpler, and we'd have to hold your hand. And nobody wants that. This is the Sports Grid Radio Network. It's Pharrell on the bench. Jesus Christ. I mean, I, I'm going to, I need to stick a gun in my mouth. I mean, it is just, oh, and he booted the ball at second. Is he going to score the winning run? Oh, he's saved. Oh, he caught him safe. Oh, he saved the mother's Yoda. Uh, Unbelievable. They had already got the go-ahead run with Gallo on the uh, shot into the corner by Torres. But Torres just scored on an error by the second baseman. And now it's 5-3 Yankees. Bottom eight in the boogie down. They were down 3 nothing in this game. I think that's a hell of a call. He's safe. That is a hell of a call by that home play dump. I got to give him credit. That was a close 
call at home, and he was safe, flat out. The Texas Rangers led this game 3-0. They had it right where they wanted it, and then they blew this game so far. And the Yankees came back, and they scored five unanswered. I mean, I guess they're going to review this. Obviously, they review everything. But he looks safe to me. Everyone, I mean, honestly, that he's safe. It's that simple. He got his left hand in there. What a slide by Torres. And he had a bad night until that hit, the winning hit, bringing in Gallo from second with two outs in the eighth. The game was three all. He drives in Gallo, then gets around on the air by the second baseman. And now they're up a pair of runs. You talk about needing that run. I mean, or this game, they needed so badly because they just simply cannot afford to lose to the Texas Rangers, particularly in the fact that the Jays lost today. And now they'll be in a tie with them with the uh, wild card, uh, the second wild card. Boston has the first. And the Yankees will move into a tie with them, I'm pretty sure, for the second one. I just got to look again. They were a half game out. Uh, they're, they're Well, they're actually tied with them right now. And if they win the game, they'll go up a half game. So interestingly enough, we talked about it on Coast to Coast today that Toronto has played just fantastic baseball. They've won whatever, 16 of 19. They constantly win. It's been going on for a month and a half. And they won four games in the Bronx, four straight. They won four uh, in a row a couple weeks ago. It was humiliating. And then all they do is win. And now they finally lose today. And the funny thing is, is that I said they need to be hot at the right time. The question is, you know, the Cardinals have won 10 in a row. It'll be 11 in a row tonight. They're kicking ass in Milwaukee again. And my point is, is it good to be this hot on September 23rd? Or, you know, here's a deep drive by Sanchez. Gone. A two-run shot. He just came into the game for getting Higgy with it, and he hits a dead center bomb, a two-run blast, 420 feet. And it's 7-3 to three Yankees as they put on a show here tonight. Down 3 nothing, they score 7 unanswered. But here's the deal. If you... Win all these games in September, late, you know, September. Today's the 22nd, tomorrow the 23rd. If you're on fire now, will you be on fire in the first week of October moving forward when the playoffs start? There's three games in October. Regular season ends on the first, second, and third. And then the playoffs start shortly thereafter. 
the one game wild cards will go down in both leagues. I'm sure on Thursday, Friday, whatever, or Friday, Saturday, whatever it is. And I'd rather be hot then than hot now. Now, I get it. You got to be hot to get the spot. You got to be on your game every night to win that wild card because that's really all that's left in baseball. Because I'm not going to sit here and believe for one minute that anything else is happening in any of these divisions. The American League's decided. Atlanta's got a three-game lead on Philadelphia with nine to go. I don't think they're blowing it. They won three in a row. I don't know if they won tonight yet. I'll look. And Milwaukee's got the Central locked up. San Francisco, the only thing left in baseball is the West in the National League. San Francisco with a one-game lead over the Dodgers. Now, the wild cards, I told you, Boston, Toronto, New York, Yankees will be up by a half game. And then it's the Dodgers and Cardinals. And the Cardinals' lead is four. Now, remember, I mean, that hasn't even gone final yet. Bottom eight, Cardinals. So it'll be more than four. They're up 10-2 on the Brewers, just stopping them, looking for their 11th straight win. They are on fire. They got it going on. And the Braves are are winning right now, 3-1 in Arizona against the lowly Diamondbacks. Bottom two. Astros are up on the Angels, 2-0 top three. Twins lead the Cubs 4-2, top nine, Wrigley. Phillies lead the Orioles at Citizens 4-3, top nine. The Rockies lead the Dodgers 5-4 at Coors, top five. Boston, bottom seven, up 12-4 on the Mets. It is unbelievable to me how badly the Mets collapsed down the stretch. They're eight and a half back in the wild card. They're toast. San Diego's five back in the wild card. They're toast. Philadelphia's four and a half back in the wild card. They're toast for the WC for the wild card. I think they're toast. Cincinnati's four back of St. Louis for the second wild card. And I think they're toast as they're giving their manager, David Bell, an extension today. Glad they took care of that. They can't take care of winning, but they can take care of their average manager who's never done anything there. I mean, what's he done? Go 500? He's not even done that. Thank God their game got postponed tonight so they didn't lose to the Pirates. I don't really understand at all why they gave him an extension. I guess they like mediocrity, but it is what it is. There are four games over 500. That's what mediocrity brings you. Seriously. They give the guy an extension. I was just saying, I've sat on Coast to Coast before and for Ellen events that, like, I just don't think they're that good. I mean, they people give this team all this credit. Remember last year, everybody thought the Reds were going to the World Series. Are you kidding me? And now they're four games over 500, fighting for their lives to get a wild card. That's the best they can do. No one's catching St. Louis. They're... Just 
unbelievable what they're doing right now. They're killing everybody every night, beating the best teams in baseball. They just keep growing their lead and finishing teams off, and they're going to finish off that wild card and go to the playoffs. And we'll see who they face. Is it going to be the Giants or the Dodgers? It's Pharrell on a bench. through the motions they were lifeless i don't like that or condone that at all i play it straight up yo all right for on a bench a crazy story today the timberwolves uh got everybody's attention they announced they were uh, firing Gerson Rosas, the president of basketball operations. And it was a decision made because of an inappropriate relationship within the organization and a toxic culture. And it seemed like he was having a relationship with somebody there. People inside the organization have been put off by him. And the latest issue to surface was seemingly the final straw other, uh, I guess, employees of the team also, uh, another one left abruptly today. Sachin Gupta was promoted from vice president to replace Rosas on an interim basis. There were some, including players who were reportedly surprised by the decision to move on from Rosas. It caught players and those in the organization by surprise as Rosas was still holding meetings and in the gym this morning. Carl Anthony Towns posted a tweet that said it all. WTF. What the Pharrell. So the Star Tribune reported details about the culture inside the organization, noting throughout the past few months, there's been growing discord and strained relationships among Rosas, the front office, and the rest of the organization team decided to move on to prevent the tension from carrying over into the season. Other parts of the organization got a sense for how the culture on the basketball side was deteriorating at summer league in Vegas. And that continued over the last few weeks. Rosa's attitude towards staff and ways of conducting business contributed to a morose atmosphere around the organization. Gupta and whoever takes over the role permanently will have to deal with a problem as they look to improve the overall culture and product on the court. They made the playoffs just once since 0304. They were 23 and 49 last year and uh, 19 and 45 in 2019, 20. They kick off their campaign October 20th against the Rockets. By the way, uh, training camps open up here in a couple of weeks, something like that, maybe sooner. But by the way, they uh, they find uh, Joe Lake of the owner of the Warriors 50 grand for tampering uh, by making comments about Ben Simmons not fitting uh, with the Warriors in terms of uh, adding him to the Warriors. So he made some comments and got fined for tampering. 
And then this story in um, Minneapolis about Gerson Rosas being fired today in the toxic culture. I wonder who he was sleeping with. That's a better story than saying that it was toxic and strained relationships in the organization. I'd love to see who he was sleeping with or whatever, because, I mean, do you really think those players care who that guy's sleeping with? Considering who they're sleeping with? I mean, they could be married and, and still have side action pieces in every city. Let's not put it past anybody in the NBA to get a little of their own culture going when they're out of town for 12 days. I mean, honestly, those players don't care about who that guy's in bed with. The media eats it up, and I don't know. I mean, they sold the team, but Taylor's still running it. A-Rod and his partners don't take it over for a while. Uh, that's what I was under the impression. And then there's the subject of no one gives a Pharrell about the Minnesota Timberwolves. I know they have... Cat, he's been there for a while and never got it done. So I've heard all I can take about Cat. Towns never gets it done. That's all there is to it. Now, I know he's had all kinds of problems. I know he's had family problems, deaths in the family left and right because of COVID and all the rest. Fair enough. So I'll give him the hall pass. But even when he didn't have all those problems, he never got it done, did he? And then Edwards is their best player. Now, he's the most exciting player. He's the reason to buy a ticket and go see him play, right? There's no other reason to go watch that team. D'Lo, any of them. I mean, aren't people bored enough with him yet? I'm serious. This team never makes the playoffs. They suck. They've always sucked. And, you know, obviously I'm talking about it because you got a big, powerful front office guy in the NBA gets fired for those reasons. And that becomes a juicy story. But at the end of the day, I don't think anybody cares about the Minnesota Timberwolves anywhere, let alone Minneapolis. You don't think those people are sick and tired of that crappy basketball team in, in Minneapolis? I guarantee you they are. I'll tell you another thing. Uh, does any team there get it done? No. The Vikings don't get it done with their expensive quarterback. Uh, the Wild don't get it done. And they paid, uh, you know, all that money to free agents to come there. None of that worked. Parisi. Suter, none of that worked. It doesn't matter who they've had. Kaprasov, whatever. They got all these guys. They still never get it done. I love Billy Guerin, but I think he's a good executive. I think he can actually build a winner there. That's for sure. The Yankees went, old fogey. Now they start a gigantic six-game road trip to Fenway and then to Toronto for their lives, playing for their lives, all to try and gain a one-game playoff 
at this point, still Boston's game on top of the wild card in the American League. And now the Yankees by half game. They've got to beat the Red Sox and the Jays. They got to take two or three in both. If they lose two or three in both, they're done. And then they finish with three at the boogie down against the Rays. Some people think the Rays won't play hard because they're already uh, clinched today. They clinched the playoff berth. Of course, they won the East. And they're a really good team. That's all there is to it. I, you know, really good teams don't bend over, do they? For anybody, they'll try to, I think they'll try to ruin the Yankees. Why not get rid of them? I said today on the show on Coast to Coast that legitimately, I think Stanton and Judge are really the only two star players on the team. I think the rest of that team is filled with hacks. I'm serious. People uh, today told me LeMahieu, they love. Well, I liked him last year when he was a rock star. I certainly didn't like him this year when he couldn't hit his way out of a wet paper bag. And Luke Voigt is a liability at first base, but he can obviously hit some home runs a couple times a month. I don't think he's a star player. I think he thinks he's a star player, but he's not in all actuality. Gardner's finished. They should have known that last year or the year before. Instead, they just keep giving him money and bringing him back and wheeling him out there like a uh, in a wheelchair. So... Who do they have? Gallo strikes out 90% of the time. I mean, I know he's got 38 homers. So what? That's all he does. He hits 203. He sucks. That's all there is to it. And I'll tell you what. Uh, I think Labor Torres, he had the you know winning hit tonight, but I think he sucks too. Gio Urshela, he never does anything. He sucks too. He, I mean, I, I'm right. I don't even have to argue this. I don't even have to back it up with numbers because everybody knows it's true. Tyler Wade sucks. Who do they have on their team that doesn't thoroughly suck? Seriously, I think Anthony Rizzo's decent without a doubt. He had a great career so far with the Cubs, but he looks to me like a guy that they're, you know, renting and that, the rest of his career might be just like this, like playing for this team, that team. I don't see him getting some long-term contract from anybody because they're going to say he's too old and he doesn't, you know, he's, he, he still hits home runs. He still drives in runs, but not in bulk, not in big numbers. He just does, you know, he comes through once in a while. There's no doubt about it. He hits 250. That's better than most of the hacks on that team. And I'll tell you what, he is a platinum gold glove winner. This guy's a better first baseman than Voight will ever be. And then Voight cries about not playing every day. Well, you do something once a week, too. Boy, he's worthless. I mean, honestly, he had a big error tonight throwing the ball away off a guy's back on a grounder to first. The guy's going to second. He beamed him in the back. Rizzo doesn't make that mistake. So I'm looking at a team essentially, and I said this today, Cole, Stanton, and Judge. That's it. That's the whole team. I don't think anybody's afraid of the New York Yankees if they have to play them in a one-game playoff. Not the Red Sox. They won't be afraid of them.
don't have to listen to Sports Grid. You can always go find a clover patch, get down on all fours, and find one with four leaves. Or you can get the winning edge right here. And you won't get any ticks. This is the Sports Grid Radio Network. All right, Pharrell on the bench. Uh, I got the Padres and Giants on. Three nothing Giants already, top of the second. And Petco, San Diego to site. Padres have completely melted down. I mean, that is crazy. It really is how bad they've gotten. I mean, it is embarrassing. Do you realize now they're two games over 500? That's it. And they just keep losing. So we talked to Scott Miller about it this week on Coast to Coast, and he said he thinks they'll finish under 500. Without a doubt, they've been so horrendous. And they spent all this money on all these pitchers, and they gave Tatis all that money, Machado all that money, and then they go out the most hyped team in baseball and they lay an egg like no other. I mean, and I'll tell you something else. They've had Joe Musgrove, right? They got him from the pirates and Musgrove. If you'll remember, he went to uh, globe life in Arlington and threw a no hitter. And the thing about Musgrove is, as far as I'm concerned, is that, you know, you look at his numbers and everything, I guess it's not the worst thing. He's 11 and nine with uh, his ERA 315. It's not the worst thing in the world, I guess, but it's barely above average himself. So he's got two more wins than losses. He had that no-hitter, and then he never did much of anything else. That's really who he was in Pittsburgh, although he lost way more in Pittsburgh than he has in San Diego in this year. The fact that he's 11-9 and is surprising to me because he's always been fair to Midland, if you ask me. And I know they love him, the local boy in San Diego. That's where he's from. But they went out and got him, and this is what you get. Uh, basically a 500 pitcher that had the game of his life, the no-hitter against the Rangers. But he hasn't done anything either. Darvish hasn't done anything. Snell hasn't done anything. I mean, Snell really hasn't. He was great in Tampa, and now he's just average, right? Paddock sucks. Weather sucks. He's pitching tonight. He's awful. Stammon sucks. I mean, their whole, their their entire bullpen sucks. I guess in, in some level, Melanson, you know, with 37 saves, you can't deny that he's done his job, a 237 ERA. I'll give you that. But they've got nobody else that does anything. Nobody else literally has any saves. That's incredible to me. Hill's got one. Diaz has one. Not one other player has one. He does it all. He's the only guy that – he's literally the only guy that does anything on the team. Uh, I'll give you 
Tatis is homers, 39 homers. That's great. I think, you know, Musgrove's their best pitcher with 11 wins and, and the best DRA, best strikeouts. Melanson the saves. Hill the holds. But, I mean, if that's the best you can do is two games over 500, you know you suck. And Tatis leads him in batting, 286. Leads him in homers, 39. Machado leads in RBIs with 95. Uh, Tatis with the best on-base percentage, 36% of the time. Machado has the most hits. So uh, you could argue, I wonder who thinks Machado is more valuable. He's the one that had to calm down the narcissist Tatis and tell him, it's not about you, bro. But it is amazing to me that some of these guys don't produce. I mean, really, right? I mean, you sit there, uh, Hosmer, do you remember when he was a badass? 11 home runs for the season. That's just not good enough for me. Fam has more home runs than Hosmer. Grisha Myers has 17 home runs. Machado, 26 home runs. Cronenworth, 20 home runs. It really is inexplicable how they have sucked and lost so much and that they were in that wild card and then they weren't. I mean, they are done. Anyone that thinks they still have a chance is completely tripping. They're finished. Anyway, they're losing again tonight. I can't even talk about them. It's so embarrassing talking about them. They're down 3 nothing again. The Mariners are at it again. They're up on the A's, 2-0 in Bassett Hound. Braves up 4-1 on the Diamondbacks. Astros, 2-0 on the Angels. Twins, I think, beat the Cubs 5-4. That's a final. Rockies lead the Dodgers 6-5. Can you believe the Rockies, the way they play at home? That is so unbelievable to me because they absolutely suck. And it is amazing to me. It really is how they play well at Coors Field, like nobody's business. Whenever they play there, they are a problem. They are 45 and 28 at home. I mean, for a team that bad, they're 10 games under 500. I mean, there's worse teams, I'll give you that. There are worse teams. Arizona's worse. Pittsburgh's worse. Cubs are worse. Nats are worse. Marlins are worse. Texas is worse. I mean, there's a bunch of teams that are worse than them. I'll give them that. But they play pretty well at home, given the Dodgers' problems tonight. The Giants win this game and the Dodgers lose. They go up two games in the West. So this is a big game for the Giants. Every game's big. And one thing I wanted to look at is how they finish, right? How do they finish the season? They play the Padres again tomorrow. So they beat them Tuesday. They're beating them tonight. They play one more with them tomorrow. Then they go to the Rockies at Coors, which has been a nightmare for everybody. And then they uh, go home to face the Diamondbacks for three. And then they got the Padres at San Francisco for three to end the season on October 3rd. 
So that's their schedule the rest of the way. I want to look at, just at the very least, the Dodgers, what they have to do the rest of the way. They play the Rockies again tomorrow, then three against the Diamondbacks this weekend. Then they got the Padres at Dodger Stadium for three. And then they end it with the Brewers for three at Dodger Stadium. So those are huge series for the Dodgers for sure. And we'll see what they can do uh, with those teams. And that's not going to be easy. The Brewers and I think obviously they can beat the Padres and Diamondbacks. Let's see what they do. Uh, here tomorrow night in Colorado, and then when they go to Arizona for three, I mean, they got to sweep that series if they want to have any chance, really, of getting the Giants. I mean, if they go down two games tonight, I mean, they can still do it. It could happen. It's conceivable, but it's not going to be easy. It's going to be hard. Everything that they uh, have to do is going to be hard. Same as the Yankees, what they have to do is going to be hard. So the Red Sox game's almost over. They're up 12-4 on the Mets. They've held tough. They've gotten the job done. They've had their problems. They blew it. And then they got it back. I mean, they were out of the playoffs there. And then now they're back in the top spot for the wild card in the American League. We'll see what they do. Anyway, I think uh, obviously there's a lot of interest in Chicago with what Justin Fields is going to do on Sunday in Cleveland. He's the starter. They're going with him. Dalton's not ready. Uh, when he is ready, they'll make him the starter again, which is going to lead to all kinds of chaos, particularly if Fields gets it done and wins. What are you going to do if Fields goes into Cleveland and wins that game? Now, I know there's not a person on the face of the earth that thinks that's going to happen. It's that simple. No one, no one thinks that's going to happen because they think he's dumb. They don't think he knows the playbook. But your boy Baker Mayfield had his shoulder pop out. He got rung up in that game against the Texans. They got no Jarvis Landry. Does that not make that game more intriguing for the Bears? That they aren't given a shot at all. They're getting seven points. Some people might think that having that guy as the starting quarterback right now in this game on the road in Cleveland, that the number should be even higher that it should move because he's playing and that everyone acts like the Browns are this juggernaut that they're so tough and they're so incredible that they're going to go play in the AFC championship game. None of that's happening. I don't see it happening. I don't deny Stefanski's doing a good job. I don't deny Baker can play. I don't deny that they have a good running game. I don't deny that they have a good defense. I just flat out think like they blew the game in Kansas City. They should have won that game. It was kind of the Browns being the Browns not getting it done. You can think whatever you want of me. I don't give a rat's ass. The bottom line is they never get it done. And I know they beat the Steelers in the playoffs last year, but that was that. And they might be certainly better than the Steelers this year. Fair enough. I still think Baltimore is going to be a problem. And this is a big game for the Browns at home, laying seven to the Bears. I heard people today tell me that uh, Justin Fields is going to be running for his life. 
and that the Browns vaunted defense is going to torture him all day long. I've heard that he doesn't know the playbook. I've heard everything negative. I mean, I've heard nothing positive at all about Justin Fields. He can't win. He doesn't know the playbook. He's confused. He's this, he's that. I've heard every negative thing in the world. Meanwhile, when he played in the preseason, they, all they talked about was glowingly how great he is. So which is it? We're going to find out on Sunday in the dog pound if he can hang. Wow. The Padres got a hit. It's very exciting for them since they haven't had any hits over the last two months. When somebody gets a hit, they cheer. But I think the Browns can win that game, certainly. I think they can beat the Bears, but I got to be honest with you. I think the Bears can cover, and I think there's an outside shot they can upset them and beat them. I think anyone that thinks everything's, you know, so easy and so predictable and so automatic in the NFL, uh, you're just a moron. Uh, It's the most unpredictable sport on the face of the earth. I mean, bottom line, it's the hardest thing to bet in in the United States. I'll tell you that much. People think that there's something harder. I want to know what it is. Yeah, tennis and golf don't matter. You you can keep trying to sell that to everybody. You're tripping. Believe me, you. People bet on the NFL like more than they eat their mother's cooking. It's Pharrell on a bench. people. Everybody expects every team in the effing league to win the Super Bowl. One team wins. The rest of them lose. Nothing for you. How about that? One last indignity. The Phillies won again tonight. Harper with a big throw to the plate to nail a runner to save the game. He's been incredible. Cardinals win their 11th in a row. By the way, the Phillies aren't making the playoffs. They are, you know, every night playing for their lives. And the last two nights they win. Real Mudo came up big for him last night. Tonight, Harper again. So, big win. They're right there. But they're not catching St. Louis in that wild card. And they are not catching the Braves in the East. That's just all there is to it. So all this literally will be for naught. It it really will. By the way, they had a bench-clearing brawl today in the Rays game. I guess Kiermaier got plucked, and it it all started up. It was uh, hit by a pitch two days after scooping up a Toronto scouting report and setting off a flap Kevin Kiermaier. Uh, got beaned, and then uh, a bench-clearing brawl or something like that happened in Tampa. They don't like each other. Good. I love that. Anyway, you know, I I do want to talk when we come back about the uh, Thursday night game tomorrow night, the Panthers and Texans in Houston is the Thursday night offering, and I think it's going to be – 
more interesting than anybody else. I think a lot of people think this game's an automatic game. How is anything automatic with the Carolina Panthers? They're 2-0, and you'd think they were 12-0, the way they're treating them like they're world beaters. It's Pharrell on a bench.